don't know. Yeah. It's it's refreshing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, everybody. I, I like a live cast, but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, this I, I'm Brendan. I'm I'm Ryan. I'm really trying to think of something funny to say. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm the one who says something funny. That's that's how this class. You all say your regular name, yeah, and, and I classic. And now we have the something. Black Swan. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm. I'm. I'm Ale- the Swan Queen. Alex is. Uh, Alex is Natalie Portman. Kyle is Mila Kunis, and that's just how it is. Man, I'm Mila Kunis. I'm honored to be Mila Kunis. This is this is a church. Mila. Yeah, you better get ready for it. There's going to be mispronunciations all <laughs> over this one. This whole, this, um, this whole episode. Yeah. Well, that in mind, welcome everybody back to another episode of Kino Clash. This is the Black Swan versus 1917 episode. Black Swan is my pick. 1917 is Kyle's pick. It's a 1v16 seed matchup. The last one. Yeah. Oh my god. Kyle, I thought you were going to say the one good movie you picked. <laughs> I will take that wholeheartedly if that's a genuine take. <laughs> um, and I guess this would be episode 29, right? Because we got 29, 30, 31, 32 left. So, yeah, four, four, uh, four matchups left, this being one of them. So. We've taken a bit of a break. We had a Halloween episode to record there. Uh, you've probably listened to that by now, Clashers. Uh yeah, we got a bit of a, a backlog, so we're we're kind of in the future, or no, rather in the past. We're far in the past from when you're, <laughs> when you're listening to this, but that's okay. Well, so um, we I are know. in the future, but what they're hearing is in the past. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, um, I watched. Donnie and somewhere in between both those is the present. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and, why they call it a gift. A gift. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was probably that was probably my favorite line from Black Swan. Yeah, I like I like when when Natalie Portman bests <laughs> Mia Kunis and says Shibuya, and then uh, flicks her pinky down, and there's the big explosion. I thought that was really cool. It's Skadoosh. Oh shit! It is Skadoosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was really waiting for the Shibuya to say. <laughs> Uh, well, everybody, uh, that in mind, we are starting with Black Swan today, so I guess I can get into a description. Black Swan is a 2010 Darren Aronofsky film described as a journey through the psyche of a young ballerina whose starring role as the duplicitous swan queen turns out to be a part for which she becomes frighteningly perfect, which is, uh, I think that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, had everybody seen this, or was this? I new had people? not. My first time. I saw it. Okay, so yeah, I'd say either Kyle or Alex take it away. Alex, honestly, or Kyle, not to not to scoot you under the rug, but Alex in particular, this should be very uh, similar to one of your picks, Whiplash. Um, yeah. In terms of in terms of tone and theme. Oh so yeah, I got I'm big curious Whiplash to see what you this. think compared to that. Yeah, I. Who were you? Someone here was saying that they prefer this over Whiplash during the Whiplash discussion, right? That's, that's probably me. Hmm. That's probably Ryan. Um, this is my, I think my first Darren Aronofsky movie. I, I, I hear everything about all of his movies. I just never have sat down and watched one. Um, and I really, really liked it. I I still prefer Whiplash. I will say that. Um, but 
no, I really liked just how dark and gross and uncomfortable this movie made you. Uh, well, firstly, I hate body horror, and all the body horror in this was the worst thing ever, and I cringed every time any of it came on. So that was very hard to watch. Anything to do with nails, just cutting nails and the hangnail, awful, awful stuff. I never want to say that again. But everything else around that. I love that hangnail. The characters and... Ugh, that's so that hangnail is foul. <laughs> God. It's disgusting. There's no need to put that on film. Um, no, I, I really like the, the nightmarishness of this movie. Uh, I, I, I love the ending. I really, really like the ending and I, I thought it was just a very, very well-made movie. And I, I can see why you would like it over Whiplash in that it, it's sort of a more, in some ways, a more realistic exploration of these kinds of obsessions. Um, whereas Whiplash can get a little hyperbole and exaggerated at times, but, um, so yeah, I, I really like that about this movie. But overall, I was a big fan. Cool. Yeah, I was, I was very curious at what your take would be, and if you got the similarities and everything, because yeah, it's very much just a study of what it means to be perfect. So very cool. I uh, on a, on a similar vein to that, I was when I was sitting here watching it, I was like, you know, I, number one. I think when we finish the round of 64, I'd like to do, like, a proper Kino stats and go through things. Because, like, this is our, what, our fourth obsession movie at this point, you know? I'd be curious how big of a category that was compared to others that we've watched. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, what, what, I was about to call him Walter Hobbs. Waldo. What is that plane movie you picked out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got Waldo, Prestige, Whiplash, uh, this old old boy. Yeah, probably. Eh, old boy. Eh, I suppose Vengeance is an obsession. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's I think there's a lot to look yeah. into there. Um, but yeah, this was also <clears throat> my first Aaron Aronofsky movie, um, and uh, I uh, I turned over to Paige at the end of it and said, uh, I, I really don't want to lose. Because uh, because I don't, uh, and this was a really good movie, and and that that <laughs> tends to happen when when my picks are up. I uh, I somehow got the hand of going against Ryan a lot, and I'm really upset about it. Um, this is all being said. Uh, the meta aside, yeah, no, I uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the I have a few minor qualms with it. I. I think the ending is good. Uh, I personally, I was talking with Paige after, and I think there's some things that, like, there, there's a lot of this that I would have changed, and it probably would have been perfect for me. Like, it would have been fantastic. But, you know, I totally understand that Aronofsky has a style to it and whatnot. But, yeah, overall, uh, it's fantastic. Also, uh, I, I love Tchaikovsky, so, I mean, just getting to sit here and listen to Black Swan the entire time is is a really fun time. Or Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that score. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I parrot most of, of, of what Kyle said um, and what Alex said. I, I did have a really fun moment watching this movie this time. Uh, and I was I was thinking about it. And I was like... Oh, this really reminds me of Perfect Blue. And I, I, yeah. I, no, I, 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 
Well, I watched so that I, literally last night. I'm not even joking. I watched that with a group of friends, and I was like, they were all like, this is a lot like Black Swan, and watching it, you're exactly right, and we thought the exact same thing. Well, yeah, because I, I hadn't seen Perfect Blue until like maybe like a couple of years ago, um, and and so I didn't have that the last time I watched Black Swan in my memory. So I watched it this time, and I'm thinking, wow, this is a lot like perfect blue like the, a lot of the yeah a lot of the 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 theming and like the the hallucinations and stuff yeah, like that and a yeah. lot of like the it, it's so Absolutely. similar and, and i was like i was like wow this is a like am i am i have i have i been struck by lightning here what is the is this connection like common and then i i looked it up and it was like darren aronofsky <laughs> accused of plagiarism oh my god <laughs> i was like oh wait what the fuck I was like, so I guess it wasn't as subtle as I thought it was. <laughs> I guess it was a pretty, I guess it was pretty obviously similar to Perfect Blue. Um, but that being said, Perfect Blue, fucking killer ass fucking movie, awesome movie. Obviously, something that is similar to Perfect Blue is also going to be a great fucking movie. Um, oh, Mike fell. Uh, both are great. Uh, I really like the performances in this movie. I think they are very strong uh and to me at least it is what puts this movie above a lot of other similar obsession based movies uh because it's 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 a really it's a really like makes your skin crawl kind of kind of film uh and and i and i love that about it yeah and this was my pick so obviously it's always it's really connected with me. Um, this is only the third time I've seen it, actually. The first time I saw it, I loved it. Pretty much enjoyed everything about it. The second time I watched it with friends, and this is the first time I've really watched it critically, I would say. And by far, I liked it the most. Um, there's just so much in this movie that works uh, a, a dual purpose. Um, I believe it's retelling the story of Swan Lake while also being its own psychological thriller. And that is just fascinating. It's it's really, really tastefully done. Um, I think the casting is great. I think the music is great. The performances are great. Um, it, it really just all comes together in a way that's that's creepy and engaging and suspenseful. And it, it, it really just, I think it nails everything it pretty much tries to go for. So, yeah, I can leave it short and sweet there, but... I, I'm very impressed by this movie, um, and this is by far the time I liked it the most. Honestly, even among the movies that I picked that we've already watched, I could see this being much higher. Um, I just wow. hadn't seen it as much as a lot of my other picks. But, no, this is this is great. This is probably my ideal obsession movie. I think I really do like everything about it. Yeah, we can uh, get into it now. Um, I guess as a start... Uh, Brendan, um, did they, I don't know if you read into that article. I'm just, cause I, I could see like, oh, the, the perfect but, blue stuff, but, but plagiarism, there's not really so, anything that's plagiarized. I, would I guess say. there's, I guess there's a couple shots that are like, I like identical, but like um, even that's homage in a lot of cases. Well, that's, that was, that's what Aronofsky said. Um, was I mean, that it Quentin was Tarantino has been doing that for decades <laughs> yeah you know what i feel like it came down to the to the fact like to like a, a i think it boiled down to like well the guy's still alive and i don't know like i guess they felt like like 
what uh, uh, Satoshi Khan was not making the ac- accusations. It was just sort of people watching it. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the director of Perfect Blue, Satoshi Khan, was like, yeah, no, I met with him in like 2001. Like we talked and stuff like it's chill. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I was just surprised to hear that because I, I feel like. There's they're very intent. different movies. Like they're not, yeah, they're not yeah, yeah. the same movie at all. Like there, there's an intent behind plagiarism, and this, anytime, and like there's a conversation about that with Quentin Tarantino as well. He reuses a lot of shots from other directors, but it's almost always tasteful and homage for the sake of elevating a different story, which I feel like is what happens here. It's yeah. using similar themes and similar imagery to kind of convey that. But well, that, and and I think that that is kind of the the beauty and the grand tapestry of film overall is that you know a director will find an interesting new way to portray something and right. then other directors take that as the as a new method uh to develop onto and on top of i mean that's kind of why you can trace back a lot of the most interesting things about film even still today to like those russian experimentalists and stuff like that uh back in the early days of of, of cinema um you know, it's like that's just what happens, and no one's saying like, "Well, you're really ripping off." Uh, I can't remember one of the the directors' names, but you know, like no one's like, "Oh, Match Cut." <laughs> what are you? What are you? Some kind of uh, oh, who of did se- Well, who did Seven <laughs> Samurai? Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, I feel like his name's Akira for some reason. <laughs> Kurosawa, yeah. Is it Akira um, Kurosawa? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no one no one's like you're really ripping off Kurosawa with your match cuts. Like mm. it's like no, this is this was found to be a uh, a very compelling way to show off this particular thing and now everyone has this tool in their belt. I mean, I get it because yeah, clearly both you and I watched this movie and independently went that's got some perfect blue to it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But exactly. um but I think that I think that that's just because the, the, the subject matter lines up enough. It's about young women in entertainment. Um, Changing and, themselves for what they yeah. assume is expected. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, once again, some of those shots lining up. But, I mean, there's other things that this movie, you could say, like, oh, that, it took a shot from this movie. You know, it's like that's just mm-hmm. such a pedantic thing to do at that point. Yeah. No, I, I was just curious if there were, like hard pressed like oh this is wrong to exist kind of thing <laughs> they they found they found um uh uh what is it S- uh production stills of perfect blue in aronofsky's <laughs> trailer while he was filming this yeah, yeah. He, he had he had, he had a, a a cell a film cell from perfect blue taped to the back of his sunglasses <laughs> while he was lining up shots it's just not quite right it's not no, great the fine. color the color we i Aronofsky doesn't sound like that. I don't know why we're doing that to him, but <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> I have no idea what he sounds like. He probably he probably sounds like smooth sex. <laughs> I think he sounds like that one guy who yells at the street trumpeter and says he has no talent. No talent. <laughs> You're nothing. You're nothing. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, I guess I guess uh, uh, I'd like to at least talk about. Um, some of the, I don't know, intentionally like alien feeling shots and, and, um, and, you know, sequences in this, in this film, like what, there's that one moment where it zoom it, where, where 
Natalie Portman is like moved into the camera and it zooms into her eyes and they look like incredibly oh, they're, they're red you're talking when she's becoming the black swan yeah. yeah well no when when even in the dance choreography and stuff like that yeah when she's they they fling her at the camera at one point and her eyes are just bulging out of her head mm-hmm. and it's like in any other movie like the dance sequences would probably tell um part of the story but they certainly wouldn't make you feel just as uncomfortable as the other scenes <laughs> and that's something that i really liked yeah. about this movie is it's like at every moment the tension is being raised i love how physical all the performances are i mean uh actually the second time i watched this one of my friends she had done kind of the ballet gambit where she was kind of explaining some of the stuff that the dancers were doing and just how physically kind of hurtful a lot of that stuff is. And just kind of watching that, watching them, like, scuff up their shoes and really crease their, their shoes and force their feet in and everything. There's Like you said, Alex, the body horror and everything was incredible. And so the, the physical performance and how well Natalie Portman truly was as a dancer and obviously i'm no critic so i can't say for certain if she had like perfect form (laughs) i'm actually impressed i didn't know natalie portman uh was doing the dancing uh yeah yeah. so for me a a layman just watching it i was like yeah that's that looks like how i would expect ballet to look so i never (laughs) doubted it for a second and i know how much goes into that and just watching their toe just crunch under their body weight is excruciating. So I really appreciate that physical performance and all the dance sequences watching that kind of play into the the mania of it all. Like you said, Brendan. Yeah, it's like it's like filming ballet as if it's uh a uh a like meat processing plant or something. Like just trying to <laughs> yeah. show me the horror of a slaughter factory. I love uh, that. But, and I hate that. But yeah, superimposed <laughs> over a uh a, a ballet. And yeah, it's it, it's really compelling. Like, I, I wish that they would. I, I wish that there were more movies like this that would take something that seems so I don't know, like graceful and um, soft, and, and and it and its touch and its and the way it carries itself, and then just portrayed in the most like yeah <laughs> scary horrifying sure. light i mean just it's one of the most growing so interesting things is when she's just spinning on that toe and then she breaks her toe and oh off. my god <laughs> it's like, physically it's, well i'll tell you what else foul. adds I mean, to all that the uh, the sound of this movie is is one oh, of the best yeah, yeah, yeah. to like it is at every point you're just hearing everything snapping and you're like, Ugh. oh my god! When they're shearing her toenails <laughs> off, I, I like flinch every time they cut an extra piece of the toenail when she's in- getting her toenails. Interesting, yeah. interesting story about that, Alex. I Very was sharp. in the, I was in the room when a similar thing happened to uh, uh, someone in my family. Um, like they got they, was... they cut too far. Well, so. <laughs> Well, this was a this was in a this was in a in a in a doctor's office. This was like an operation, but essentially it was like an ingr like a severely ingrown toenail. So they were Just cutting so. and pulling parts of the nail off, oh. and, and so like this is a very visceral uh, experience because I'm just like, yeah, I, I've 
I've heard these noises. I've seen. I've seen <laughs> this. I've seen this up close. And at one point, they were like, "Hey, are you, you know before we do this, do you want to leave the room?" Because I was there. It was um, this family member, this. myself, and my mother. And um, and I was like, I was like, "No, I'm chill. Like this will be fine, oh. right?" And and yeah, it was like. <laughs> And then blood. And I was like, oh, went white as a sheet. And I was like, I think I'm going to step out for this one, actually. (laughs) No, my, 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 this is actually a a lot more harrowing than I thought it would be. I thought this would just be like, like, like cutting your nails. I didn't think it was going to be like this. Truly, my two, my two weak points for body horror is anything to do with feet and anything to do with nails. And this movie had both. Like I, I was struggling <laughs> through some of these <laughs> some shots. Yeah, the uh, I think the most infamous from this movie is the hangnail when she just pulls it all the way back her finger. It's truly <sighs> just it, it's oh I love that <laughs> it's actually yeah, there, awful. There, there, I, I, I I I'm always nursing a solid uh, ginger ale habit, and uh, there were a couple moments where I couldn't tell if I was gonna throw up or burp. You know, like that's that's the kind of movie this is where I just. I yeah. felt I felt the CO two building up. I'm like, that's either I'm either really grossed out by this, or it's just it's just ginger ale. So my my bad habit is I'm a nail picker, and I have been going incessantly oh. <laughs> since I watched this. Like I mean, I, it oh, no. has not been good for me by any means. I mean, <laughs> but on the oh, other no. hand, it's been like, hey, from one to another, I get you. I get where you're coming yeah. from. It's, I it, guess, it, uh, you, you saw you saw her do that and you went, I bet that kind of felt good. <laughs> well, no, when she does the hangnail, I'm like, I mean, maybe though, right? You know, I, <laughs> I've never gotten it that long. I bet, I bet, I, I bet that must have just been the most freeing feeling. <laughs> oh man, but the makeup on that was feeling, so feeling a, good. A cool was, breeze on that skin for the first time. Ooh, the must makeup be so on nice. her finger, prosthetics or whatever, to get that like. Oh, you just see like the division between the the epidermis and everything underneath. It's just this pale pink slime under there. I weak. I'm weak. Yeah. I, it it really is great body horror in that like usually when you see movies like this, it's like the fly or like the thing or something where like bones are jutting out and like everything's breaking underneath and like that's yeah. that's a much bigger sort of like body dysmorphia horror kind of thing but this was like well, oh i know exactly how to make you cringe to death yeah and it's, it's much like more yeah. personal it's, it's very <laughs> it's relatable things people can relate to so exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i'm with you at first yeah, like, but this is one of my like uh i would have preferred if they kept it as subdued as it was because by the end it goes full out thing and we're just getting into fucking freak show type territory and that's where it started losing me a little bit like it, it was her pulling me the out of the movie yeah when as she's her uh, turning like, into this one yeah like when she gets the elongated neck or when she's pulling feathers out or the knees break like those <laughs> those were moments for me where i my attention was broken because it was too much and i was like ah eh, okay oh man yeah to me though to me though all that stuff is like is fantastic because it it's it's selling that i feel like you need that to believe the ending cuz like you need to believe that this person has become like unstuck from reality is <laughs> just completely gone and I, I i i don't think you get the ending um if you don't believe that 
that that's happening. Um, but I was just going to say that, like, going back to the gross-out humor just for, uh, not humor, gross-out moments uh, for a second. I, now, I didn't see this movie, but when I saw trailers for Crimes of the Future, I went, I don't want to watch this because it's uncomfortable and it's and it's, like, too much for me. But also, I don't know that it would be, like... It's not the same thing. Like, seeing a guy with a bunch of ears on his body is like, ugh, that's gross. <laughs> but it's not real. Like, I'm not like, oh, what if that happens to me? Because it's like, well, they're not doing experiments on me like I'm a mouse and they're trying to grow an ear on my back. or Like, that's not going to happen to me. But all of this stuff, it's like, I don't know. I go walking outside with just my socks on. Maybe this happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I... I really like, and Kyle, I know what you're saying. Um, I would say, like, the leg snapping thing is a little silly almost even, but, like, the red eyes and the goose pimples on her back when she's, like, scratching and everything. So those are more subtle, and I'm on board with. It's It's the more grandiose ones that really took me out. Yeah, but even with that, by that point, there's so much that has happened, and I feel like all that is kind of in the very the crescendo of the film, like the very final moments when she's absolutely physically turning into a swan. Um, I feel like that's kind of the crescendo and what it's all leading to. And the thing that I really appreciate is that it ends on that note. It doesn't try to take a step back or kind of explain anything. It's just like, this is what happened to her. Um, And so that, I I really like that. It's just the absolute snapping of a person's sanity. Uh, yeah, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't try to jump from the top of a building into a uh, nearby park fountain or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. That would have <laughs> been silly if like she did this performance and then like yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I appreciate that. I can fly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I like how the performance was the ultimate. Uh, downfall of her um, it, it all led up to that final performance um, I really like that but yeah I, I do see what you're saying like it is it, it's like especially jarring seeing her legs snap back like an ostrich <laughs> in the dressing room I like it's a little silly and I mean this is truly to me like this is the difference between like this being a four and a half which is probably where I have it to a five um and this is what I'm saying like I just had a couple small things where I was like if it was just because that was my other, like, again, not even a critique, but just what didn't make this perfect for me is the end just became a little too much for me. Like, and I get that was obviously the point. It's supposed to be as insane as possible. You're not supposed to know what's happening anymore. But I feel like, you know, that's a thin wire to walk. And for me, it got to the point where it was like, eh, there's no stakes anymore. Because I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, And I'm not, like, that is just me personally. I'm not doing that as a critique on the movie. That's fair. But, yeah, that's what I really like about it. Is Is when it gets to the end and it's just, really? Yeah. I really like when there's just there's blood and there's broken meters and she doesn't know any more than the audience does what is going on. Um, I I think that's a really good end for the audience to kind of relate to her and just kind of how far gone she truly is at that point i i love the mania of the ending and i love how ambiguous it ends just like with everybody kind of discovering like what what happened to you like (laughs) she's just bleeding out like after this performance and nobody even had any clue um 
much like the audience and yeah i think that, yeah. i think that's what makes it over the top for me is that just baffling ending yeah i think i think the idea is that you're supposed to be in her like, like you're supposed to be in her camp enough that you're like going through what she's going through in that moment when you're watching things and not understanding what's going on you go oh my god that's what she's feeling too and audience and character are linked but i do see what you mean um well it almost like it almost reminded me of again you know a split here on the podcast of the the 2001 10 minute sequence of colors and everything and that's what lost me as well like it just me personally i can't like my brain turns off after a while and it's like okay well i'm you know we should we should get you like those like old Google Glass uh, devices that they don't make anymore. We should find like an old pair, and that way, during moments like that, we can just put on like uh, the, let's Minion. all go to the <laughs> lobby. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Those old like cartoon snacks. They'll just walk across the screen for you, and you'll be like, "Ooh, <laughs> I think I do want a hot dog." <laughs> Popcorn can't sing. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> That's so goofy. Yeah, again, like this is this is a me thing. I would never, I would never hold uh, this against. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. And again, I, I you just have such a firm grasp on reality I do. that you can't relate. I'm like, to I don't get it. Just don't be crazy. What's your problem? <laughs> Why do you care this much? It's only art. <laughs> Fuck off. Actually, no, get I did want to mention this. This is this is probably the first tortured artist we've watched where I'm like, yeah, I'm very on board with this because she doesn't make it anybody Why? else's fucking problem. She just <laughs> suffers in <laughs> silence <laughs> until she dies. <laughs> you know what it's like? Hey, if you want to pursue to perfection, but don't don't talk to me about it. I'm on board. This is cool. <laughs> we are slowly f- just finally figuring out this this opinion of yours but also like not really kyle's becoming uh, the black swan <laughs> we're, we're just filing him down till he becomes a goose <laughs> that'd be the, that'd be a great finale to this, to this, to this podcast. i was kyle a goose conv- like well no just just slowly becoming unmoored from reality and like unable to admit that to us like trying to hide it like, like he like he's a, <laughs> like he's a sick cardinal or something he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the pack to like force him out so yeah i feel and like then, it would it would follow canon because he's dating a parrot so i feel like that's the next yeah, logical yeah. yeah he was he was yeah, talking cardinal like i believe the uh the catholic church cardinal it was i uh or, or did you mean oh well i was I actually meant both oh you meant both I meant cardinals dressed as cardinals. Ah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> quite, 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 quite. Um. <laughs> yeah, you, how you guys like the the the, the ballet, though? Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to what say you, one thing. What you? I, I want to say one thing on the last thing you were saying, Brendan. On, uh, you were saying, like, the character and the audience were linked in that you just kind of felt her mania. That's also one thing I really liked about the movie is how also paranoid us the audience got kind of experiencing her paranoia um i feel like yeah. the a, a really subtle part that didn't really get explored at all but it stood out to me as like i was feeling the same paranoia as her is when 
she's first practicing her little dive onto the mattress at the end and she like does like a double take on the mattress kind of like oh man i don't know like she's gonna hurt herself or like in my head i was thinking oh this is alluding to like mila kunis is gonna take the mattress out from her on on performance day and she's gonna get seriously injured but like that's not what ended up happening you know we find out that she she just kind of dies on that mattress at the end or we suspect whatever um but the whole time I'm watching this movie and the whole time I'm watching that final performance, I'm thinking, oh, no, I remember that whole double take on the mattress. She's going to get really hurt on this. And it's, I don't know. I felt like I, I, I was feeling what she was feeling yeah. and that, like, she felt like everything was out to get her and she just needed to get that perfect performance out. So it's like small moments like that where I was like, no, I'm, I'm yeah, no, right I, there with her. I, I'm in this movie feeling her nerves. I completely agree. Yeah, they they do a lot of clever like misdirection that's that's not yeah. directly called out, uh, which is really really uh, fantastic and and it's good when you don't even think about it too much and you're like, oh, I got tricked and I didn't even realize it. Um, but I also think that that like paranoia and tension is also due to the fact that the movie's constantly showing us heinous imagery. It's like eh, yeah. I don't want to see anything else. <laughs> she, yeah. She's taken off her shoes. <laughs> I don't want to see what's underneath see them. <laughs> and I guess to kind of play into the larger picture of it, I really like how... Uh, it, I, I'll be honest, I've never seen Swan Lake. But if, I, I think I can gather enough of it from watching this movie. Um, and just kind of the, the character interactions and explaining how it works and everything. I like how everything that happens kind of goes twofold. So the paranoia that she feels kind of lines up with this seduction uh, from the black swan of the prince that she's going for, which is the director. Um, everything works two ways really effectively. So this paranoia that you feel is also kind of the uh, the, the, the panic, I guess, of what the, the swan queen would have felt in the actual ballet. And I think that's that's really what puts this over the edge for me is that everything does work two ways and that while you're watching this just excellent study of what it means to chase perfection, you're also seeing a differently explored version of Swan Lake. So the fact that they can uh, tell two really, really compelling stories at the same time, I think is just ultimately very impressive. And that's what really connects with me uh, totally about this movie is how it, how well it ties those together. That paranoia is just awesome when you put it against the actual character from the from the ballet absolutely kyle i'm gonna let you speak i just want to say that i think the best version of swan lake that i've ever seen has to be barbie's barbie swan lake i have it on dvd i think i've seen part <laughs> it's of that fantastic brendan i was gonna say the same thing so i'm gonna reject my uh, <laughs> oh, point uh the life <laughs> no i was i was just gonna say that 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 was also the the double telling of it all is what uh, put this as far up for me as well. Uh, and I was just kind of sitting here, I was like, this is like, if we're gonna adapt things, or we're gonna remake them, I would prefer to see things start going in this direction. Like, you know, take take this yeah, base yeah, story, yeah. but then, you know, do something new with it. Don't, don't remake Ben-Hur. Find a new way to do <laughs> Ben-Hur. Exactly. <laughs> but it's yeah. got Morgan Freeman in it, Kyle. <laughs> no, along those lines, that's why, like, The Northman came out this year. That's why I really like that is because it's Hamlet. It's the Lion King, but it's 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 Vikings, and it's it, it's totally Tartuffe. its own thing. And it's got, 
it's got all these different elements to it along the lines of the music um i this the score is excellent and then it's also in part you know it's obviously not all original um but the the parts that are original i really like and that kind of plays into my love of the music of 2001 space odyssey where they're just repurposing this music in a way that is so effective Uh, at kind of telling the story i really really like how they managed to use the music of swan lake to elevate the material well this is why because i I think there's a I was just listening to an episode that I think we're about to put out where someone says that this is also a Clint Mansell score. Because um, he, he is the uh, composer of this. But... Yeah, he did Moon. Oh, yep, yep, that makes sense. Um, but, like, it's, like, 90% Swan-like. Like, there's there's bits here and there, but hey, it's Kyle. it's mostly Swan-like. <laughs> It's all it's all about the notes you don't play, right? Like it's all about the things he chose not to do. No, like I mean, like sometimes sometimes it's all about restraint, he, Kyle. You don't understand. Like, I, I he think the credits more, literally say like music to. arranged by Clint Mansell, not composed by Clint Mansell. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, this was this was actually a discussion I kind of wanted to have. I th- we've already talked about you know like when you do an adaptation how much credit can you give to the director or the writer when, you know, like in Copperfield, when a lot of the dialogue is my favorite part, but a lot of it is taken straight from Dickens. Uh, I mean, a similar question here, how much credit does Clint Mansell get for this? You know, cause I mean, it honestly, Kyle, like I, I, I was joking before, but the amount of restraint, that ha- that was exercised in the arrangement of this, oh. I think, is co- commendable in that like other people would have gone in a in a more like goofier and dumber direction, and it would have made the movie worse. I agree completely. Like I I think absolutely, you know? Clint Mansell. You know that it, it, similar to what I said in the Copperfield one. I mean, yes, obviously. Tchaikovsky wrote the music, but it was put in this movie incredibly tastefully. Like it was presented exceptionally well, and I I think there is craft there. Yeah, and like the the difference too is that like uh, Iannucci uh, didn't do a good job adapting Copperfield. Why? So like I mean, why he should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I'm reading Copperfield now, and it is a pretty good adaptation. So maybe you just don't like Copperfield in general. <laughs> oh no! What will I do? What will What will I do if that's true? <laughs> You'll have to take it back. You'll have to say it's just a bad story. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll do three hail marys and and and. <laughs> And, and apologize to Ianucci. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know enough about the original score to like say what he did did not use. There were certainly moments where it felt very distinct and different than the music they were playing during the ballet, and I, I think that's what really sticks out to me. Um, and like you said, Brendan, I could see somebody like a less competent person just basically using the score of Swan Lake in each part, like each segment that it's meant to be representing from the yeah, story. Yeah, or even, and that or even throwing so, like that a 
Like it would have been. Or throwing like a like baseless. a like stupid like bass like shit <laughs> into it or something like really obnoxious digital shit like ugh. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like the battlefield like three and four opening just. Yeah. No, I I really like how they did it. I love the music in this. It feels very natural and like you said, Kyle. I don't know how much credit to give to them, but. At any rate, the music never distracts. It always feels fitting. It always no, no, elevates what it's going along this. with. So that, that's what I always look for. As long as music isn't being manipulative or tonally inconsistent or something, that's that's really all I look for um, as far as credit is or credits do. unintentionally I, I tonally inconsistent, I guess, because that sometimes is, is a big part of a score is when you get something that doesn't fit a scene purposefully. Like, uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Now you gotta say it. I don't even know what you were gonna say. Like, I, I, now felt, just... I felt no, a no, no, spear no, okay. was about to be cast my direction. <laughs> we'll get into it in the next discussion. Oh, um, fuck but... you! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but we're talking about Black Swan right now. This podcast was the worst idea I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. We'll get there. Um, Honestly, I don't really have anything much else to say. Honestly, I think we pretty much covered everything. Like Everything I yeah. had was just, uh, you know, the body horror, the music the general like dual nature of it like everything that happens storytelling wise um i i really like we didn't really talk about it i like the mother character i like how much her presence in the movie kind of uh contributes to natalie portman's character um how little is said and yet how much in those moments um you really get a feel for their life and everything and there's not a lot of screen time with that character i really appreciate that i think there's a lot said there that's uh not outspoken and uh all that so i appreciated that for sure yeah a lot of history all very good characters yeah and all good performances for the most part yeah yeah did natalie portman get the oscar for this oh i don't know i have no idea i don't know what this is if it won anything i I really don't know look Look up that up real quick what were you saying alex i'm sorry oscars Oh no! Uh, the like even the director teacher character, how like grimy and creepy and uh, manipulative he was. Like I thought he was quite an interesting character because they didn't paint him out to be just that one dimensional. Like oh, I take advantage of my students. I'm a bad guy, which he is. But there was a little extra to it, <laughs> you know. Like it was kind <laughs> of kind of Fletcher from Whiplash in that like he's trying to create this amazing, perfect ballerina. In, in like what he had with Winona Ryder, um, just going about the completely wrong way. Also, Natalie Portman did win Best Actress. Very cool. Round of applause for Natalie Portman. Real quick, let's just <laughs> give it up to her. Really happy. For I know her. it's belated. I know we missed it. I know we missed it, but she deserves it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like immediately clear on Google search, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. But it did. It got nominated for like that best score, best uh, best picture, best, best score. 
That's it, eh, that might not. Wait, let me, let me look again. It was probably up against like. Oh no! It wasn't Ant Bully. Sorry, it was best actor. <laughs> <laughs> best actress, best picture, best director, best cinematography, and best film editing. Not best movie that came out the same year as the Ant Boy. Uh, I actually don't even know if that's true. I don't know. You might just Ant Boy did not come out in 2010. I, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm saying sure 2007. movies that are old. I'm saying 2007 actually for Ant Boy. 2007 for the Ant Boy. Yeah, you for the Ant Boy. So? <laughs> I know it's the same year Monster House came out because I got too scared in Monster House, so we had to go to the Ant Bully instead. <laughs> I would be more scared than the Ant Bully, big ass ants. It was uh, it was 2006. The Ant shit, I said 2006 at first. I hedged. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie, and I can't tell you anything about <laughs> I've it. I've seen that. I've seen that movie. Played that game. Uh, played, played that game. game. Oh, I played the that's B movie the game on Wii. That's in the era when oh. everything was really quick to develop and yeah. Alex, game for anything. I I still have and play B movie on PS2. For Dude, I love a good I love a good GTA clone. Yes, just from my memory, around a hive. From my memory, shit it was fun. It was a good game, and that even when you play <laughs> as so as Benny Benson, whatever his name is, and like it's kind of like an open world 3D like pollinating things, yeah, and it's great. It's great. It's a fun you have a game. guy doing like an. Im- it, you have a guy doing an impression of Jerry Seinfeld, which is <laughs> also hilarious. <laughs> and this, I'm gonna crack I think that this game is open. when you know. This is when you know the discussion is about over. Is when you start talking about B movie the game. I did just have one last thing I wanted to add that I really liked. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that, then we'll get into final. So class. the cars uh, in the B movie game are like made out of cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a really cool design feature. Wait, no, I Kyle, are you a fellow game. player? No, no, no! I've only You're seen clips. I've only, I've only, I've only watched Twitch streams of it. I've never played. Oh, what a mush faker! <laughs> Walkthroughs, what a LPs. mush faker we've got here. Um, no, the actual thing, uh, the subtly like the half second shots of making Mia Kunis look like Natalie Portman, I thought was uh, exceptionally well done. Like it was always just like, a, did that just happen? Did I see that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, I mean, in general, there there's a lot of people that Natalie Portman walked past and yeah. saw herself very, very briefly. I feel that, like that those weren't as subtle. subtle helped a lot. Like the, yeah, that's the, true. The the Mia Kunis ones were like literally like a half second. Um, yeah, where they're like making out and stuff. So I won't lie, I'd seen one scene from Black Swan before this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually seen it a few times before. <laughs> I was a young man. Uh, I searched up hot celebrity <laughs> kissing on Pornhub. Uh, I looked up Natalie Portman boobies? <laughs> Question mark. Okay, first off, I'm a gentleman, sir. Prince, uh, I looked up pr- Natalie Portman bust. And, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, no. He's, he's, he's an even bigger gentleman. He looked up... Uh, Princess Padme Amidala bust <laughs> is what he looked up. Because <laughs> one thing about Kyle that you have to know is he loves Star Wars porn. <laughs> he li- like that, like the people dressed up as characters from Let me tell Star you, the Wars. Tentacle ones, like not not like they have tentacles, but like tentacle head instead of hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, the, yeah. the Twi'leks. Mm. Uh, yeah. A fellow I fan, you, I, I know you know the a name. A fellow fan. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we, Kyle, Kyle, sometimes you forget to uh, leave the call and then you start screen sharing. So we see most of your search history. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun times all around. Fun times. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if nobody has anything else, uh, final thoughts? Are we good for it? Yeah, final thoughts. Okay. Alex, I think you started tonight. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, Black Swan. Good movie. It's my second favorite Whiplash movie. And I (laughs) want to watch more Aronofsky. From what I've heard, there's more body horror and more, oh, I feel shitty watching this, and... I think I want to explore that and experience yeah. that. I, if uh, if I can make a recommendation to you all, if you haven't seen it, if you like this, watch The Wrestler next. That's a great mm. movie. That's, it's that's got Mickey Rourke. Never even heard of it. It's very, it's very good. Um, the only ones I've seen are The Wrestler, Pie, and Requiem for a Dream. He has a few other ones, but I think Requiem for a Dream and this are the ones that get recited a lot. But The Wrestler is a great movie. It really is. Oh, I've heard I've heard amazing things about the rest of it. Yeah, it's probably the also, next one also about obsessions, so Yeah. Her mother is very, very just hard to watch, but yeah. Very good movie. Um definitely not my cup of tea, not one I'm gonna be itching to watch anytime soon. But uh I mean again, at, at, there's some really good ballet sequences <laughs> and there's some really beautiful music, so at the very least, if you if you can't get behind the uh Oh my god. <laughs> it's just emojis. It's just nonstop emojis. <laughs> it's, I liked it. Done. My thoughts are done. Okay. I'm trying to emote what you're saying, so you said it's not your cup of tea. So I put some cups of tea on the screen. <laughs> um, uh, great for the audience, great for us. <laughs> That's yep. that's probably the best audio bit we could do is <laughs> throwing up silent images that only we can see. Just, uh, whatever audience, whatever you imagine Alex has, imagine a, 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 a T emoji going above his face. <laughs> <laughs> and some swans and ballet shoes. Yeah, you're getting a mental workout with this one. <laughs> Well, theater I, of the mind. You ever hear yeah. of it? It's make, great. <laughs> make one of these emojis the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you just put emojis over the uh, the logo for this sure, one? Yeah. I'll just do, do like yeah. I'll just do. I'll do, do the logo this one. Overlaid the laugh crying emoji. Do that one I, followed by. I didn't see one. anything there. Oh, you didn't see it. It was this black circle it's just a black circle yeah <laughs> oh okay it was a black circle i thought Followed it was just an empty <laughs> oh black swan i get it okay, i get it very, very fun very cool very yeah. cool right. oh yeah make that the title kyle make that the title black of it swan. black do, circle do, emoji do everything swan in emojis emoji. yeah and then do like a gun and then an old man and oh, that's yeah. 1917 yeah, yeah okay that'll work <laughs> cool it's not 18 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good that was good <laughs> Alex, why was that in your recent emojis, huh? (laughs) 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 Under 18 recent emoji. Anyways. uh, All right. I guess we'll be getting into the 1917 discussion now. See you then. Anyway, it's time to talk about my number one seed, 
1917. I uh, I forgot I have responsibilities. I haven't had a movie up in a minute. Give me give me a minute here. All right. Uh, 1917 letterbox description reads, uh, time is the enemy. At the height of the First World War, two young British soldiers must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. Couldn't have said it better mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So, I think everybody had I guess you this. couldn't. <laughs> I, I couldn't have. Yeah, I'd yes. seen it. Uh, I'd seen it. So, yeah, whoever wants to go first. Um, yeah, if, if we've I'll, all seen it, then yeah, I'd say, Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. I I really like this movie. I think that of the sort of dad movies that Kyle has put on his list so far, this is the one that I, that I think bridges that gap the most. And I mean that genuinely, because there is like, there is a very clear like delineation between dad movie and movie that like, I don't know, at least I would watch on my free time. You know, and um, this is definitely something that I I, I enjoy watching for sure. Um, I have my issues with uh, the. I mean, and this is derogatory to say this, but the gimmick of this movie, I have my issues with it. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about that when we talk about how this movie is shot and the kind of conceit of the filming of it. Um, but for the most part, I really like the performances, and that that does carry me through it and also i don't know why i kept thinking this but i thought this was directed by kenneth branagh which was flooring me um, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the movie i uh but yeah no it's, it's a it's a solid uh, uh war picture that focuses on not necessarily a a the, the the war aspect of of war which is fun and sad um i really love this movie it's top three of my favorite war movies i think part of the reason is because how small scale it is i really like what it has to say about war and like the inconsequential nature of certain battles and just certain small moments in the grammar grander scheme of these giant wars i i just i was really captivated by this small little story as simple as just delivering a message a few miles away um and sort of like the disappointment in the reality of it's such a thankless job just kind of delivering it all right go fuck yourself like go leave out of here when when uh what's his name dr strange cumberbatch tells him that like i don't know i I just love (laughs) sort of those those messages and themes it's giving about war and how it just the brutality of it how everyone's so destroyed by these small things and and just like you know the torture that this guy went through for this whole entire movie to finally accomplish his task but then like you know there's gonna be another battalion that's gonna die tomorrow because someone wasn't able to deliver the message like war goes on and this shit is gonna continue to happen but at least we were able to savor this one little victory and it really is just a a little tiny victory in in the entire war so i don't know i i like the way they explored the war here it's and i just really like the the small the small feeling of it all well and uh for me this is the third time i've seen it and i think i've liked it a little less each time uh for me this is a fine movie 
uh, it, it is completely fine. I, I like the music in a lot of cases. I like the performance in a lot of the cases. But the the script is very surface level. It does not carry me very deep at all. I, I, I think it's totally passable, but it, it really doesn't do that much for me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, uh, at least like in my note-taking for this, it was just like a lot of things that I liked less about it on this viewing than the other times I had watched it. But it, it is totally fine. It's certainly competent and it's entertaining, and I don't think most people would find anything wrong with it. But there's just a lot of little things throughout that just... I don't know. I don't feel like it worked that well. And like you said, Brendan, it is kind of, it is a little gimmicky to me. Just the, I mean, the, the whole one or thing. And it's just, yeah, it's I a gimmick movie in a, in, a, yeah. in a way. And so it's, it's gimmicky in a way where the, and, and like, once you know the gimmick, the, the script doesn't have the legs to stand on its own in my mind. So that's why it just doesn't really connect with me, but it is, it is totally fine. Um, and I do like it a lot, but yeah, it just doesn't do a tremendous amount for me, especially when there's a lot of war movies that have a lot to say, um, a lot more to say in my mind, both visually or uh, message-wise than this. So that's about where I am on it. And so, yeah, uh, this is my number one, obviously. Um, I've probably seen this. When it came out, I saw it probably four times in theaters, I think. I mean, it. The first time oh, I watched oh it, God. I was I was really blown away. Um, they knew you by name at that. Ticket <laughs> they were like, "Hey, you here again?" <laughs> um, you know, this is obviously the most recent movie on anybody's uh, one seed. Uh, you know, and I, I just this movie really means a lot to me. Uh, what I'm about to say is very grandiose, but I do mean it 100% genuinely. I I feel actually lucky to be alive and have gotten to see this. I think it is the most beautiful piece of artwork I have ever seen. Um, the, More than Inside? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, actually, this uh, it, uh. truly... Uh, and I... I I've found new ways to watch it at this point. Um, the thought that was going around in my head this last time, uh, and I figured we, you know, that the one shot is going to be probably where we start, uh, as that's the main talking point. And I was sitting there, and I've I've mentioned it before. I I I love a one shot, but I am afraid it will become gimmicky. Um, but I I so I was sitting here this time watching it, and I was like. And I don't mean this pretentious, I mean this in, like, the literal sense. This movie is a motion picture. Like, I I actually think every second of this could be hanging in a museum somewhere. I think it is that genuine, every shot is that genuinely beautiful. Um, Perhaps and every I frame... Think could be resembled very much like a, <laughs> like a painting? I... I never actually thought to say it that way, but now that you bring it up, um, no, I, I think the one shot is a tool to deliver that. Uh, I don't think, like, truly, The Prestige is my favorite movie. I, I hardly even consider this a movie um, because it, it. I truly think this is just one giant landscape portrait. 
and I think that is why the one shot is essential to it and it is a tool and not a gimmick of it um that being said i i mean i hear where you guys are coming from uh and you know i won't i won't hog the opening thoughts i want to get into it but you know at at that point yeah the cinematography alone is incredible to me but also as i've said i i love war movies um probably talk about that at a later point why i think they are as important as they are and some other things that go into it but yeah i mean the fact that it it is truly just so beautiful to me um and then the fact that it is also a war movie my favorite representation in this genre or medium uh i i it truly it it i like i said six times now i have been moved to tears each time uh and that is that is not a, a small feat for me i am a cold dead robot inside but uh i I said to Paige, like, hey, I, I got to watch this one alone. I can't have you here. I need to I need to have my own time. <laughs> uh, you're like, you're such a, you, you, uh, some of this stuff sounds like, like something that they'd write in as like something for like Ron Swanson to do in Parks and Rec. <laughs> well, you know well, what I mean? Well, as someone like, who like, wasn't you smart enough you to develop their own you'd personality. Go, you'd go, uh, I mean, yeah. I you'd to, go, you'd go, there's only two types of real art. <laughs> uh, uh, war paintings. And paintings of the Midwest with cowboys. <laughs> like you'd say, I'll say that's actually a Jack Donaghy <laughs> quote, but uh, I feel you know well, yeah, well, another whatever, another but... pillar of my personality. Uh, and that is the only yeah, other just, thing I'll push exactly back on that. that you said, Brendan. Uh, I I do not think this is a dad movie because every dad I know hates this movie <laughs> and is tremendous. My dad loves like this movie. Oh, he hates it, and I I think he's a prick for it, but. Uh, Wait, 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 before we get into it, why? So I don't hate this movie. I just think it's fine. It, my dad's big problem is I. it's literally like the guy who watches Lord of the Rings and is like, well, why didn't they just fly the eagles to Mordor? <laughs> he's like, oh, well, why, yeah, why didn't, why, like, he's like, it just, it doesn't make sense. You know, there, there were other like, ways well, why did they go to the bunker? The yeah, or like, it. He's like. I was kind of wondering that. <laughs> well, no, no. It's it's like you know why didn't they just fly a plane overhead and like uh, oh. send a message that way or things like that? And he, you know, he, my dad, he's not he's not a dummy. He's done he's an amateur historian of sorts. Has done a lot of World War One research. But I'm like, that's not the point. Number one, number two, because reasons. Like I can think of reasons. I mean, why they couldn't do it? Maybe, maybe was his contention with the year they set it in? Then, like, no, was he like, well, at this point, no, no. Well, because that's what I like. I could see that. Like at that point in the war, they should have had easier access to aviation. So my biggest argument but to like, this is, again, number one, whenever someone brings up something like this, like, well, why didn't they just do that? That that's not the. This movie isn't a very narratively plot-heavy movie. That's not really the purpose of it. Number one, but also number two, like you can, you can come up with reasons. Like, okay, there's incredibly heavy flak fire around here, or like, it, it, this or is this say is like the big one were... for me. Oh, go on, Alex. Oh, I was going to say that you can say there there are plenty of other battalions that did do that. They flew the message yeah. over, but this one specific one didn't have access to planes, so their only option was this, and that's a more compelling story. So that's why we focus. Well, on it's, it. it's Waldo Pepper Dunn took all the landing gear <laughs> off our planes. Hello, good people. <laughs> um, 
No, like another one that I and this is a part I really love about the movie. Um, so it's sixteen hundred men that he's sent to save. That is an eight thousandth of a percent of the British army at the time. So like, it's not that high of a priority. That's why it's like just send two people. You know, if you really need that reason, it's a very like, hey, you know, let's see if we can save them. Hmm. Uh, you know, so that like, yeah. I, 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 but also, yeah, just I just feel like a lot of a lot of dads I've heard similar arguments from of just like, eh, you know, it's no saving Private Ryan. Interesting. I mean, I mean I, it's no. I mean, it Kyle, <laughs> it's no saving Private Ryan. Like that's. I th- I think it's apples and oranges. Uh, truly. Like I, th- I think they're. Going I mean, they're two very different movies. Yeah. But like I, but I, I, I'll tell you this right now, Kyle. This movie was sad the first time I watched it. Saving Pri- Private Ryan is always sad <laughs> to me. Yeah, kind of in the same boat, I think. Like, there's no way that I watch all of Saving Private Ryan and I'm not like, fuck. Like, I, I just want to sit and like stew for a second. I'll be honest. When I uh, rewatched like Saving Private a Ryan a few years back, it really fell for me. I was not nearly as compelled with what was going on in it. Um, no. I know, Kyle, you mentioned the first thing you wanted to get into was kind of the quote-unquote gimmick we've been calling. Yeah, it. yeah, I, I think that's the probably the... I, I, that's definitely what well, this movie made its name on. Oh, what you got? Could I, I start so. on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay, because I, I disagree with you, Brendan and Ryan, on this being a gimmick. I think I think the Warner has become a, a gimmick in modern movies, especially in action movies. It was cool at first with, like, the daredevil hallway scene or even the old boy hallway scene and stuff in like john wick where it's like oh wow this is like impressive choreography and you know everyone's hitting their marks for so long that's that's cool as well as this is a visually interesting one shot but i feel like nowadays people are doing wonders for the sh- for the sake of doing wonders and what they're sacrificing is a visually compelling one shot the only thing you really grasp onto is Oh wow, they're really acting for a long time, and I and we haven't cut. But it doesn't make for like a, a necessarily like a impressive looking or uh, well shot scene. Versus this movie, like Kyle said, every frame of painting, even though it's it is quote unquote one shot throughout the whole movie, or at least two shots. Um, it's always framed beautifully, and it's always shot so visually interesting and they they did not use it as a crutch at all i think they they did the one shot well in that you know you enjoy looking at this as well as appreciating the artistry and the impressiveness of actually shooting these one shots and you know obviously there's like swipe wipe cuts and like there's like um ways they're yeah they're gimmicking the or uh you know, you know what I mean. Trying to get oh. blending two shots together. <laughs> I didn't mean to say gimmicking, uh, but Alex, blending two on. shots together. But um, I, I, like I totally think that I totally think that they did uh, uh, this. It added to the movie. It definitely elevated. Not only that, I feel like thematically it works because the whole point of this movie is like you're supposed to be there with the soldier, experiencing everything he went through, and so this movie is shot essentially in real time like the time besides when he gets knocked out and he loses the entire night time is operating like time operates right it's every second is in the movie is a second in that world 
And so you are sort of going through this journey with him. And by the end of it, when you finally get the satisfaction of delivering the message, you're kind of, and it, it just gets quiet and somber. And he's just kind of like stood there, just kind of reminiscing. You're reminiscing right there with him thinking, wow, look at everything we, we went through. And you're almost reminiscing on this movie as if they are memories that you experienced. And I feel like that's also why I like the the one cut in this movie when he gets knocked out. Because like I said, he's using this, this, I, I think it's a tool, this trick of the one shot to tell this movie in real time. And he knew I can't tell 18 hours worth of movie, however long this movie, how whatever time span this movie takes up in a movie. And so he's like, what's the more interesting parts? Dusk going from daylight to nighttime. We can skip all the nighttime. And then the next most interesting part is, oh, sunset when he finally, finally wakes up. And so, you know. He could have easily made this one continuous shot. I don't think anything was holding him back from that, but he knew that's not interesting. The whole middle part, my story works in the, the sunset, sundown kind of time period. And he took advantage of that and kept the one shot going between in those two time periods. So he, he definitely knew what he yeah. was doing. And I don't think he ever leaned on it as a crutch and was kind of like flexing himself. I think he made the absolute most out of the idea. I agree. I, I, but I, I disagree. I think that the thing stopping him from doing a like a uh, an eighteen hour movie was that no one would make an eighteen hour movie and put it in theaters for eighteen hours. Um, but like that's my problem with it is that when you remove cuts, you remove the ability to move through time in a way that is more expedient to the audience while adding character uh, and, and and moments to a movie that you wouldn't be able to get. Um, without putting a camera on for 18 hours like I, I to me i you know it's almost like if if someone made a documentary where they never cut like yeah sure i get the i get to spend all this time with this person but i want to get i want to get a lot of different stuff like i don't ever want to be in a movie and only get one thing from it and that's my problem with this and even a problem that i had with something like birdman where I I want to be able to have a a a an a, a more artistic experience and while this was a this was really impressive and the shots were great and the shots were beautiful uh, a lot of the time you know it's like well some of this movie feels like it was written in a way to accommodate the fact that they needed to be able to cut without cutting they needed to be able to do this without actually doing this and that's what makes it feel more like a gimmick to me because it's like, well, maybe I would have gotten a an interesting scene at night if they didn't need to figure out six hours to cut from the movie and a way to do that. And that's that's kind of my problem is that, like, if you are going to call the movie 1917, I know from letters and historical records that night was pretty scary. I didn't get it. I like that was part of this war I didn't get to see, and yeah, but you know, you like, wouldn't, that, you that's wouldn't my count problem the, is that uh, the acoustic we miss... sequence as being a night. I guess. I just mean like, if I'm going on this journey with this person, I want to see. I I don't know, like I, I want to be able to see this person in private in these moments that you can create when you can cut around time. Um, so you know. If as I, is done and oh go, yeah finish your thoughts i just was gonna I, i'll jump in after i was just gonna i i, I was 
you know, and, and, and there's like some things in, in movie making that I, I really appreciate, like going from a intimate shot to a really wide shot, stuff like that, that is very affecting to me that obviously we don't get in this movie because everything needs to be, someone needs to walk that their ass out <laughs> to get a, a wide yeah. shot, you know, like, and that to me, whenever it is trying to set up a shot and you just see a guy, like you just see the camera moving out to, 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 to reframe the shot, I'm like, well, we could have just cut, like, yeah. and we would be there. I, I don't. I don't think the oneer is necessary for this movie. I really don't. No, I. I think there are necessary oneers in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't think that the trench, the whole movie, needed me. to be it. For me, yeah, the the trench sequences are excellent by the oneer, but everything else, there, there's not enough there to really warrant it. Yeah, that's where that's where I'll push back. I, I just wanted to jump in on the time real quick. Uh, I, I don't think this is a minute-for-minute-in-real-time minute thing. Because uh, there's sequences... and Well, of course yeah, not. Oh, well, I, I, like, there's sequences... I don't know how the time works. I was trying to play my head around it for a while, but now I just kind of accept it. Like, when uh, Dean Charles Chapman... Well, I think it's... What's up? I, was gonna, I think it's meant to be outside of the, the cut when he gets knocked out. No, I don't think so. Because, like, when Dean Charles Chapman dies... It's like instantly soldiers come up, and there's a whole battalion here that has shown up, and uh, yeah, they, I think they do some time dilation. Yeah, or like stuff. when they're yeah. walking well, that's, from that's the blown up artillery, where the oneer doesn't work. I but see, so this is like this is where I disagree with the oneer, and maybe it's we're looking for different things. Uh, like there truly isn't a shot. Like, I know I said this at the beginning. I think every single frame could be taken as a picture and hung somewhere. Like, there is not a single moment. Where, and, you know, this kind of... I feel like I feel like there's some blurry frames I could probably pull out and yeah. be like, you'd hang this up on your fucking wall, man? Like, <laughs> the shot of the, of the cameraman having to get into position and it's, like, kind of blurry for a second. Like, you the transitions are a museum, bad. buddy. The transitions are very noticeable. Oh, yeah, they're so obvious. Like, yeah, but, when, when he gets, like, smacked in the face by something and, it, and it's to hide a cut, like, the, you're putting that yeah. in the museum. Like... <laughs> the, the motion blur in those moments are just very agree, and I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but watching it now, it's like you can very clearly tell, and there's just th- this awful motion blur that goes but over those. Transitions. Here's the thing: transitioning those two shots together, that's I think that's literally the best you can possibly do. It's the same thing with City. No, of the God. best you can yeah. do is cut. The best you can do is cut. No, no, <laughs> I'm saying the best you can blending I, two I, shots together in a wonder because City of God did the same thing in that um that car chase sequence. It had very obvious cuts, but I'm at the point now where every time I watch a Warner, I, you know, we have the eye, we have the, the the cinematic eye to be looking out for that. I don't think you can do any better, and so you kind of have to. I so, think you can. I, I think we saw without better. using I think like Operation CGI. Avalanche has a better Warner. I think Operation Avalanche is a better Warner. Uh, when they're uh, in the it's, car it's chase, another at the very car end chase. of the movie. Oh, it's another car yeah. chase. Children, but children they're in as well. I mean, that has well, cuts. But I think Children of Men is what Alex <laughs> meant by City of God. Yeah, Children of Men. Yeah, Children of Men was saying that he could... That, you can notice it as well. That the cuts were noticeable. But I would say, once again, in Children of Men, when he's uh, helping uh, her give birth to the baby, there weren't any noticeable cuts in that scene either. And they're, they're also like, not giving it the pretense of being a cutless yeah. film. Yeah, they're doing that for the effect uh, that it gives the movie, not to 
make the movie about I, the effect. I guess if I yeah. could to to come at this, you know, because you're saying just put cuts in it. I think if this movie has cuts, then it would be an, and, you know, I, this is where I think you're at, Ryan. I think if you put cuts in this movie, it's probably incredibly mid-tier for me. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that is where yeah. I'm at. You, you, if, if you could cut in this movie, you would rewrite the script to be more interesting. Exactly. Because you could but, have more conversations. So that's what I'm saying, more. like, why I think to call it a gimmick <laughs> isn't, and I, I got another on this as well, but like the the movie wouldn't be what it is if it's not a one shot. Like it's supposed. That's okay. That's why I. That's why I'm saying it's a gimmick because it's like a. It's like those old 3D movies where it's like, well, Spy Kids 3D right. wouldn't be the movie that it is if it wasn't for the but, fact so that now, here's, shitty here's 3D glasses included in it. Like. That's, <laughs> Because, like, <coughs> the other thing is, and, and maybe maybe you guys aren't in this realm, I probably, I don't know, 20 minutes in, am not paying attention to the fact that it's a oneer anymore. Like, I forget that it's a oneer at a certain point. On a first viewing, it's pretty much all happen. you notice. I agree. But we've all watched it multiple times now where I agree with Kyle. I don't notice it anymore. Or if I do notice it, I'm appreciating it yeah if i do notice the, the it, I'm like, wow your... that's exceptional blocking like my god that is so yeah. impressive and the difference with your done. spike is 3d analogy is that in spike is 3d that truly is a gimmick the <laughs> throwing shit at the at the user at the audience's face served no story that purpose. is no different to me no, than like knocking wonder... someone out so you can cut six hours out of the movie like it is the one-shot nature things to get around the fact that you're making the movie this way, like the, you're having the, to the change one-shot nature the movie of this movie served it. a story purpose. It it was for you to experience well, this journey with the soldier. <laughs> Shut up. That's the same. That's the same <laughs> case that you could make about Spy Kids 3D is no. that you're experiencing the threats. <laughs> I like the character when when a fist comes at the screen and it goes boom right into your face that's what he's seeing here's the thing <laughs> that well, is well, you the were, same argument you could make no well, you different. were just saying brendan about if you added cuts you'd also rewrite this movie to have you know more interesting dialogue a more interesting story all that stuff it would be a different movie 1917 is to is to warm movies for me what apollo 11 is to like nasa documentaries in that it's a different take. It it knew exactly what it was doing, and it's trying to stand out. And in doing so, it told something new and interesting and refreshing and, and had an interesting enough twist on it that I got a lot of value out of it, something that I would not have gotten I, in a traditional war movie. I agree. I, so, I, so let I, me I ask really agree Brendan with that. to see if I just don't just like the gimmick. That's it. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> if, if you just animals, don't like the gimmick, yeah. then yeah, there's no changing your mind. Yeah. But I'm just trying to justify, at least in my eyes. No, no. It's, I, I, don't I think see it's why good. they did it. I see why they did it, and I appreciate why they did it. To me, though, I'm just like, well, yeah. for this for this to pay off for me, I I have to not miss traditional filmmaking. Like I ha- it, has to, hmm. it has to be something that I don't go, man, I wish we could cut here i wish we could cut around this i wish we right. could put two i wish we could put two images next to each other really quickly or i wish we could move around a little bit more in the space of this film uh but i i don't i do miss 
cuts. I do miss traditional filmmaking. So that's what makes it feel more like a gimmick to me than like yeah. a feature. No, for me, it's just like a very, very simple story that's highly elevated by the way it's presented. And it, it only goes that far. The story needs to do a lot more for me to be really impressed by the presentation. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think Kyle, Brendan's kind of at that me? point now. Oh, I was just going to ask you, Brendan, if you would say American Animals type of storytelling is a gimmick. And I'm not I'm not doing that as a gotcha. I'm just yeah. Gen- yeah. I, yeah. Okay, see cuz yeah. I probably no, I think would. I said yeah. it was a gimmick in the episode. Okay, yeah. I think I said it was like yeah, like yeah, that's a gimmick. And you know what? You miss regular movie making. It's an interesting <laughs> take and I and and you'd love to, like at least for me, I'd love to see someone try that again, even if it's uh Barry Late Barton Layton or Barry Layton or whatever the guy's name was. Even if it's him trying it again, I'd love to see it tried again. But right now I'm still going, yeah, I, I I miss regular movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was part of my issue with American Animals was just the 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 blend of it. It it, it felt gimmicky. Um, <laughs> and, and same with this. It's just I want more of a story. I want a story told in a really satisfying way. And this, it, it's I don't know. It it feels too elevated by the fact that it's a one or the fact that it's see shot that's this that's way. where and I, like... I, I think Roger Deakins really puts this on his back. I think he does so much more than, than yeah. Than this the is director like those does. Netflix Marvel shows where the cinematographer is doing like ninety percent of the work. Yeah, <laughs> Birdman is the definition uh, is an artistic gimmick. Uh, just just that no, one comment. No, no, I think no, Birdman no. is a gimmick. I, I don't think it adds Birdman anything to the movie is. besides trying to be interesting. Birdman does more with it than Birdman this does. is. An I don't incredible know. Incredible film, uh, but, but I would much more. I still I still miss Birdman is so much richer than this. Birdman is but Birdman so no, no, no. way more going on. Ryan, I'm not arguing Birdman is less of an interesting story. It's a, it's more of a movie than 1917 is for sure. I think, but I and, think its use of the Warner is a gimmick, and I I don't think that it's used in. It is, but I think it, I, but I think it elevates the script. And here, I don't think the Warner elevates the script that much. I really don't. Okay. And this is where I was going to jump in. I, I think this is just maybe a, you see a six, I see a nine. You're saying that Roger Deakins is putting this on his back and the script needs to be hauling its weight more. I don't want the script to be hauling any more weight whatsoever. Like, I, the script is Kyle, not... Kyle, you wanted a silent movie. Legitimately? I would You not... wanted a silent movie with, like, a Hans Zimmer score <laughs> and just the same shot. My, my no one... Joke. I would take that, too. Yeah. No, my I, one. Hey, I would like this, this movie, movie more. My <laughs> one single too. critique yeah. is in the scene where uh, he's hiding out with the French woman. There shouldn't be subtitles. That is the only thing I would change. That's a about bad this. sequence in general. Yeah, I, I we we can get to that in a minute. I do just want to hit on what you were saying about the the uh, cinematography elevating everything. I, you know. We've we've discussed here a couple of times that there's, you know, three main parts of a film. There's the score, the cinematography. Gravity, Nazis. And, right, 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 right. <laughs> Only two real bad guys. Uh, Nazis being these, And the fight between them. <laughs> and obviously gravity is the villain here because Nazis didn't exist yet. It, well said. Well said, Ryan. Well said. Um, but well, like, one could argue that the Germans were always Nazis. <laughs> I, I see this as just a... <laughs> they were simply in a chrysalis a waiting to hatch of... like a beautiful butterfly. God damn it. <laughs> I see this as not a, not a, that the cinematography is elevating everything, but this was a chance to go, all right, we want to highlight 
what cinematography you can do in a movie and we are going to use the script and score to accentuate that you know in most movies i think the plot and narrative is the main focus and you use the cinematography and score to accentuate that you're just changing the focus from what this is and so that's why i'm like i i don't want any more script to this i i don't want character development but, at all in this i don't like, care i'm here to like, watch but like blade these... runner 2049 is a beautiful movie with a good with story a great compelling like, narrative yeah like yeah with a fantastic but, like, script that's what i'm like, saying but blade runner it has terrific cinematography hey look at that deacons he's really good at his job but yeah the point of blade <laughs> runner isn't the cinematography the point of blade no, runner I, is the I, story I agree. this is this is my opinion on apollo 11 it, you make it like Blade Runner. I've seen that movie before, but I've never seen a movie like 1917. I've seen Wonders, like like Birdman, and I've seen plenty of action sequences like that, but I've never seen a movie use a Wonder in the way it did. In that it's, to me, in my opinion, it served a story purpose. I was more engaged and invested in the story I mean, because I felt like I was part the, of it because of the Wonder. The Wonders, the Wonders in this are similar to the ones in Children of Men, like when he's running from the army at the end of the movie <laughs> right well, and, so, and, yeah, and for those moments like it worked because the wonder was intentional in making you feel those certain parts of the movie yeah in the same with that 1917 yeah. the entire point of the movie was that it was to make you feel like you're part of it the entire time it you're supposed to feel the the uh you know just yeah, but just i the, never felt as i never felt as desperate it never felt as as real, as serious to me as it did in Children of Men. Sure, yeah. okay, and, and that's just that just comes down to you know, to like personal the taste. stakes were just ne- well, no, to me it's like it doesn't set up stakes enough because exactly. the script just isn't exactly. isn't there. So I never care enough about the characters to so, be, to be in the boat with them. This to be is on the field with them. Like I, I this is I'm always like good, kind yeah, of transition in the audience to something I wanted to talk about and. This is this is truly what elevates this to like being as important to me as it is because I agree with you. I don't I don't think the stakes. I, I truly I I feel we have a lot more omnipotent of a view of this than we do a I'm right there with you. Like I'm I'm watching this story, but this this kind of goes to and this is this is my little tiny monologue on why I think war movies are really important. Um, it. The reason that this works and why I'm like, yeah, there aren't stakes is because I don't think the point, I don't think we're supposed to feel afraid for Schofield at any time or like, oh, is he going to get the message there? The point of this and the point of war movies in general, I think, are because war is i'm gonna go out on a take uh probably the most extreme condition humans ever find themselves in um and because of that the greatest virtues that we hold and the greatest vices that we hold become exposed in these conditions so this is why i'm i really don't like anti-war movies i feel like they show the absolute worst in humanity and that's the point um and that's just not something I'm interested in seeing. Wait, what? I, anti-war movies show the worst of humanity. Like they show the app, the most. Wait, what? Oh, uh, no, I, I was I was confused with the with the syntax of that. I guess. So are you? So you don't like anti-war movies, 
or you don't like people who are anti-war movies. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I'm yeah, dead yeah, serious. No, I was like, I, wait, I, I don't, wait, what don't did like you mean? anti-war movies. Um, okay. Because they show just absolute human vice. Um, I love war movies because... So, like... Oh, go on. What? I was going to say, so, like, uh, 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 what is that? Uh, Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket. Wine. Yeah, Apocalypse Now, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I respect Apocalypse Now. I think it's a great movie. I don't like watching it. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, and it's not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, with Saving Private Ryan, you know, on the on the other side, when we're showing a war movie, we're showing what I regard as the highest human achievement being selflessness and sacrifice. Um and that's what I think the not having stakes here. The point isn't that I'm, I'm again, this isn't a story driven thing. I'm not sitting here like, is he going to make it? I'm sitting here like I'm watching someone sacrifice everything for people they have never met. Like it, but, the, the, all right, Kyle, I, but you yeah. don't get that out of, Tom Hanks dying so that Matt Damon can have this no, I generational do. I do. effect Absolutely. on people. Yeah. And his yeah, grandchildren. I, I like Saving Private Ryan. Well, I have nothing bad you, to say. Well, you get more of that Kyle. from this? I Yeah. I, um, Kyle, I think my problem is that it's I'm I'm watching someone sacrifice, at least to me, not not much. Like, I don't know what he's sacrificing, really. But, and that's, I don't know. Well, so that's why I love the ending as much as it is when, when you find out that he's got this family back home. And he's, you know, he's got a, a wife and daughter that he's waiting for. But I, to get to Ryan's point real quick or question, uh, yeah, no, the the scene where uh, it's the, the climax of the movie and uh, he's, he's about to go over the trenches and it's he's just been bedraggled and beaten. He's made it this whole way. He's wept on the banks of dead bodies. And he knows the only way to accomplish his mission now is to do the one thing he hasn't done all movie, which is face, you know, go over the trenches, face the conflict. Um, and that he—that is a moment of pure human sacrifice of, I have to do this to keep my promise to deliver this mission. Uh, and that is, that is truly, every time he goes over those trenches, I lose it. That is that is the purest example of human sacrifice I have ever seen, and selflessness of I, I know what is at risk here. I, they are greater than I. This is my Kyle. Mind. Have you ever seen the Passion of the Christ? No <laughs> <laughs> <Mel> Gibson. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say, Kyle. I think. I think the best part about that moment is when he goes over the trenches and he starts ping. <laughs> locking bullets with his with his <laughs> wrists no, but yeah I, so and, and everyone knows though. we can win this one not, not to joke i that is a fantastic moment. yeah no it's the best part of the movie it, it, yeah i it, it like i guess to the to your your point on the stakes and i don't feel like i'm there that, that's all i'm trying to say with all that is and that's why this movie speaks to me as much as it does this is the because there is so little character and i can understand why this could be off-putting this is the purest form of showing human virtue i don't i don't know what he's running towards i don't really know much about this guy all i know is he is a person who is willing to sacrifice his life 
and like you know that simplicity is what i think the point of the movie is yeah and one thing i want to touch on that is not you know we're so used to watching war movies that are these like exceptional miracles that are the definition of the human spirit like these just big stories that were taught in history and whatever and put to film but the reality is not every soldier had those stories had those moments what this movie feels like is you talk to a friend of a friend's grandfather who served in the war and this is his story this is what he experienced you get those moments of where the human spirit shines and you get the courageousness and selflessness but it's not this big bombastic story that's going to make the history books it feels more personal in that way and this could have been one of those big stories but the fact that it wasn't and that that felt intentional it was different for me and and it being different and unique and and it being doing a good job of doing that exactly i think is why also it resonates with me because I'm surprised also why this isn't res- why it doesn't seem like you like this more, Brendan. Because I know you like it when, when when directors take risks and do something different, something that almost no one else has done. And this, I think, did almost everything different. It kind of, in first principles, deconstructed what what we think of a movie. You know, it kept the best parts. It has to be visually appealing, and it has to, you know, be engaging and all that. And the story has to be there has to be enough story there for you to be compelled, but it kind of stripped away everything else. It was like, all right, this is this is the story I'm telling. This is my take on a war movie. I don't know that this took that many risks, though. Like, there's never a moment where the one shot felt uncomfortable. Like, if you if there was a part where he's having to like do some fucked up shit, and I'm just stuck with him, like, I don't know, like that, like you know, war is hell. Like, you have to do like terrible stuff sometimes, and I wish I I wish I I had some more painful moments as we saw in like Black Swan like some some real horrifying shit that I'm trapped in the room with him doing like that to me would have been risky but this is not like there's worse shit in Saving Private Ryan for sure like this feels pretty tame in terms of war movies like and I and I get what you mean Kyle where it's like you you know you don't necessarily want to see something that's like just saying like the the there were no redeeming moments for humanity in this conflict but like also i don't think that i get to appreciate those redemptions without the like without seeing how how low it can go you know like i that it it it, it this didn't feel risky i i've seen movies that do really long oneers i've seen movies that are only a oneer uh, this is just another one of them that uses some of the best cinematography to lift up a script that I found to be mostly uninteresting in characters that I could never really relate to or, or, or find some sort of footing in and then deliver a war movie experience that is inspiring, but not especially so not, not in spite of something yeah. and, and, you know, it's like th- there was just nothing in there that made me go, wow, now that was a risk. That's, Cause that's like that, exactly where I'm at. Yeah, because like, at the end of the movie, that, that, that climax, that wonder of him running uh, out of the trenches, that would have been in the movie no matter what. They could have made the whole movie completely, you know, as you would any other movie, cuts, transitions, things like that, 
and they still would have been like, hey, that's a one Because of it has to be. Of course it is. The, the scale of it and everything is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's th- perfect. That, that scale isn't really realized anywhere else in the film, in my mind. Besides, like, the trench walkthroughs. I do really like that they use a one Those are for great. Those. Yeah, like, and I feel like those would still be oneers because if you're if yeah. you have that in your mind, yeah, yeah. you're thinking like this is a oneer. I just think that everything in between is like, all right, like we probably could have done this more fun and more interesting, a different way if we could leave this prison we've put ourselves in, ourselves in. Um, but yeah, and like I I actually really see where you're coming from, Kyle, with with, with what you mean about that because I agree. I really, I really do agree, and there's movies that I like that are like that as well. And I was thinking as you were talking about Metropolis, and I was thinking about how a lot of the problems that I have with this movie, I, I know you and 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 uh, others ha- in this call had with Metropolis as well. Um, and I think that it is, it comes from a place of like spending your whole life being primed for a specific piece of content. And then that de- that is delivered into your lap so ceremoniously, as if as if as if some sort of divine <laughs> prophecy put it put it there, and like I I feel that. And as you're talking, I'm like, no, that that's that's what this is to Kyle. Like this was everything he wanted from this type of movie, and like very little that he would change, if anything, um, you know. And 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 seeing you know kind of making that connection with you on it it's like yeah no i just as you would throw out a lot of metropolis uh and keep like the the one or two things that are undeniably good about it um i would do the same thing with this and that's just because i have not been primed for my entire life <laughs> to be ready for this <laughs> you know like i i think that's a pretty excellent uh i don't know i guess no, I think that was incredibly well said, uh, yeah. and I would I would certainly agree with you. Um, I am I we're kind of we're kind of drifting around it, uh, and this is something I really want to talk about. Aside from the one shot, um, the the final sequence that we have been talking about with the white trenches and stuff. Uh, I, I I know you guys have mentioned that yeah, it is the best part of the movie. I agree wholeheartedly. I just if, if you could expand on those thoughts a little bit, I'm curious to know what you guys think of that final scene. Fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I think the score yeah. works really well there. Um in in a way that it doesn't in a, a lot of other parts. Or maybe not even a lot of other parts, just a handful, but no, I, I, that sequence where he just goes over and he knows his mission and he's come so far that he's not going to let anything else dissuade him, I think it's great. I don't like that it's Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that's really distracting and unnecessary. I, <laughs> I don't know why. Why this? He has a he has a fucking distracting face, especially why when he puts a mustache <laughs> on him. Why did they spend an extra few million dollars just to have him? In a role that was completely inconsequential to be I mean, a for the fans, movie. they had for the Colin fans. Firth and like Colin a, 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 a bunch Scott. of other. Colin Firth is a good actor. Don't I know, but don't the, put him in the like, same. They had other big actors here for no real good reason. They had a minute of screen time, so like, well, I don't know. that's for that reason. That's an issue I have movie. with it. That's an issue I have with it. It's distracting. It doesn't add anything. The, the story that this is telling, you're saying it's so small and specific. Why throw in these celebrities that are gonna 
detract from that by their very presence. It's like are, are you Strange telling me you didn't up, like yeah? in Game of Thrones season seven when Ed Sheeran sings for five I did minutes not. as it's, a soldier? It's it's bad. It's I mean it's bad every single time. I don't. I, like Brian, I'm not even. Doctor say- Strange did show up. You realize <laughs> that that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Doctor Strange said it will return in 1918. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so no, this was a hard idea. to say on. I think he's bad. It's not even to say I think he's bad. It's just that it's weird. His inclusion's unnecessary. That. Exactly. Yeah. Besides to put him on the poster, I guess like that, and that seems like a disingenuous reason to have him in this small story. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think they just kind of included all. I, I just wish. I, I disagree with you, Brennan. I, I, I think Van Dyke Cumberbatch is a, a, a fine actor. Um, I think he's fine, too. Yeah, no, but I, I like just. He, he's he's so distracting. It's he, strange. He, it's strange. I'm going to say it, it's, it's strange. Like, it's like putting. <laughs> it's like putting. Oh, yeah, you think you're clever. <laughs> you think you're clever, do you? Uh, well, it's like another uh, another British actor. It's like putting Matt Smith in something. I'm not gonna not think that that's him because there's only one person who looks like that. It, or, or, or it'd be like putting Jay Leno in something. Like there's only <laughs> one person on earth who looks like that. You can't like. I'm only gonna be thinking about that the entire time. That'd be, that, that would be bizarre. If Jay Leno showed up in 1970. <laughs> hey, I heard you got you got a letter from hey, me. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> No, we're sending them over uh, now. That's funny. That's, that's funny. Yeah, no, like I, like I, like I said, a minor thing, but it is it is distracting. It does take me I out get of the it. movie. I uh, j- I, the the colors of that last sequence. Oh. the the oh. oh my, it's it's gorgeous. It is it is truly the the best looking shot I've ever seen in a movie. Not even I was going to say earlier, I think the colors in this entire movie are amazing. I think the the high contrasty, really hyper-saturated look of it, everything's bright and, and just contrasts each other. And also every every big moment in this movie has a distinct look to it and distinct color palette for it. I think it works. I, the, I love the colors in this movie. I love the lighting. I, I love. I, I just love the, the presentation of hmm. it. That's interesting. It's a lot of green, gray, and brown for me. Yeah, I, but they I, do it in I, I don't find the, <laughs> I don't find the palette that striking. I really don't. See, like in the Not beginning, even of that when, final sequence? When he goes... It's it's green, gray, and brown, yeah. And, and white of the trenches, I guess. it. I mean, com- compared to Roger Deakins and Blade Runner 2049, are you kidding? I mean, that's... I mean, that's a full There's palette. no comparison there. <laughs> like, this, is, that, this is nothing. But, like, here. you can't... You can't have a full palette you in the trenches. Exactly. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? Alex, Alex, that'd be a risk. And I'm not. I'm now, not. now, I would have been like, he's risking something right here. If, if oh, there's some pink. Neon blue. Just, there's I some think, purple yeah. oh, in these trenches. Oh, holy shit! Like, like, yeah, he he gets into a fight in someone's house, and the war broke out as they were like repainting it, and he's just like <laughs> getting covered in like yellow paint or something. That would be. There's a just bad like, the colors in this moment are great. I'll be honest. I think the most striking portion of this movie is in the portion where he's in the city at night running through the ruins with flare light and everything. I think that's, I think that's I far that. more striking than the trench sequences I or, or the final sequence. That's, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I think it, 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 not over the final sequence, but that is also, I, that running at night with the flares uh, and the score just booming 
is, again, just one of the most beautiful sequences now, I've ever seen. I will say, the uh, when he's first in the town with the, the flares going off and everything, that score, it was bad. It was, it was a poor score. It did not fit what was going oh, on. It was meant to be suspenseful. It, it was meant to be suspenseful, and it felt <laughs> like the sequence where they, like, found a puzzle unlock in National Treasure 2 or something like that. It was just, it didn't match at all the, the kind of tension that it, the scene was clearly trying to go for. I think yeah. this was before he got knocked out. No, no, it's it, after. It's when he... F- it's after he's knocked out. Well, at, at any rate, yeah, no, it, that that does not work. The music does not work there. It's meant to be suspenseful. He's on his own, and it feels like it feels like Hogwarts. It feels like he's going through this mystical journey. It feels like he's solving a puzzle or something. Yeah, to I'm gonna push fighting back for his hard. Life. Um, I, I, I can. I, I. It feels I, like Hog- it feels like National Treasure I think too. It feels Alex like just journey to the center this. of the earth. That it's, is such a great. <laughs> the fact that you keep saying National Treasure too, not even National Treasure. This is like Book of Secrets. Man. I was gonna say, I'm not joking. Give us the subtitle, Book of Secrets. <laughs> yeah, like I swear to God, I thought he was gonna kidnap the president. No, like when next the, next when scene, the, the, when the water is draining away from the city of gold, <laughs> or, or like they're running around on the the tilted platform, like. Dude, yeah, I it's just, love those movies. So, so hey, bad. you guys ready for the it's Disney It's not even bad show? music. It just doesn't fit the scene at all. I So what, I think we're reading it different ways. You're reading suspense out of it. Uh, Alex just brought up the contrast. <laughs> he's in a war zone. Well, exactly. <laughs> it, but more than but he's in a war beautiful. zone, he's in a city where there used to be you know, probably thousands of people living, and it's been turned to absolute rubble and stone. Yeah, I think that but whole scene not what it is in the movie. No, I like again because, and I think this is what I was kind of talking about earlier. I'm not finding myself sitting here in this character's shoes. I'm watching him, and I think that sequence as a whole is supposed to be this is this is this is horror. This is this is truly horrific. It's not horror though. It's it's, well, it's not a scary song. Not, not it's Hogwarts scary, music. But like no, but it. <laughs> It the contrast it's, to that it's is supposed to be sad, look how beautiful such destruction can bring. <laughs> but do you like, think that's look, what the character was feeling <laughs> when he's being shot Damn, at this and is kind of beautiful, this is trying to I'm hide not with the character. The the character is what? the vessel for me to see the world that he's living in. Kyle no. Kyle is God watching this man do all these things. Literally, he, he is yes. not literally. Yes. No, I know. I was having. I was thinking that when you were describing this movie, I was like, I bet Kyle feels he's it's he feels like God watching the you know Job do his many his many trials and 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 all his suffering. No, and I I think not, the score. I, I think it's the most beautiful track the score has. So it's this you know the lighting is hitting everything perfectly. Like it's truly it's very pretty to look at but then you know it's also yeah he's the city has been destroyed there are people shooting at him uh and he's trying to stay alive at all cost i think that's a wonderful contrast i a contrast that it is not earned i don't feel like that's i don't know the the, the score feels incredibly mismatched in that entire sequence to me yeah i mean i i, I think you know we've certainly hit on most of the big notes here um unless there's anything else anybody oh actually there is one last thing i wanted to do uh or talk on uh what did you everybody's thoughts on uh george mckay's 
acting in this. I know, I know we've already talked about how there's just not a lot to be seen or had because the script is so bare bones, but... Uh, is that the lead? Yeah, that's the lead, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. The scene when they are being transported, uh, when he's riding in the truck with all of them and then he's trying to get it to move, uh, I, I am floored I mean, with the yeah, performance. He's very he passionate, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's the face I'd make, too. <laughs> I don't yeah no I I really watered uh, down acting more more than more than him I I do think that's He looks like he's really pushing acting. it. Uh but I don't know just the uh the exasperatedness of his tone in that scene where he's sitting around and like when when no one's been on God damn it Alex. Sorry. I I am I am a, I understand, I'm not gonna sit here and you know be like yeah he should have won best actor for that year uh, but no I am I I think he should have won best picture it went up against Parasite I can't even argue that <laughs> well yeah I think uh, unless anybody else has anything else they want to add uh, I think we're ready for final thoughts I'll go first I thought this movie was enjoyable it is it is definitely something you should watch once i don't know if i'd recommend watching it more than once um but hey if you really want like some beautiful screensavers kyle says this one's this (laughs) one will suit you suit you just right um yeah as for me i really love this movie it's it's one of the best war movies i've seen and part of it is because i love how different it is and I really appreciate the filmmaking, and it, it really for me it really does elevate the whole movie. Um, and I I love rewatching it. It's it's eye candy, and it's it's unique enough that I haven't gotten tired of watching it yet. I think this was my third time watching it. Oh really? I think so. Yeah, and. Uh... For me, this is a fine film. This is absolutely something that I would recommend. Um, but as far as getting anything out of it on repeat watches, I I just don't. I guess um, the music is great. The act, the performances are, are are fine. They're totally passable. There's nothing about this movie that really blows me away. I guess. Um, I the first time I saw it, it really did. But each time I've watched it, it's kind of waned. Um, and this most recent time, I don't think it'll get any worse. I think I'm pretty solid on how I feel about it, but it's, it's, it's a great movie. It's fine. It's, it's totally fine, but it just doesn't elevate the, the script and the, the, the one shot. I don't feel like really blends into the, the character moments or the script. So I don't know. It, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything that's lasting for me. And, uh, I don't know. Every time I watch this, I'm going to feel fine about it, but I'm not going to feel moved, particularly. It's 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 fine, yeah. So not better than National Treasure Two, <laughs> secret. <laughs> and yeah, I'll I'll say I'd the like majority. This. I think of I like uh... this more than National Treasure Two. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. That means a lot. <laughs> I'll save the majority of my thoughts for uh, voting, but yeah, this is. I said how special this movie is to me. Brendan, again, I think you 
put it perfectly i was primed for this and to me this is the best i think that can come out of this genre like this is this is perfection of what this can be to me um you know i i i i again i love saving private ryan i love fury you boys seen fury you seen how fucking cool those guys look most i'll of the be time? honest awesome. i prefer fury <laughs> no that's shit crazy wow oh that's great it's one of those things more risks more rewards i i remember fury <laughs> i would say less rewards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that might that might be an exaggeration. This is probably better than Fury. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I think you might have some rose-colored glasses on or something, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, this is, uh, but yeah, it's, it's this is all I could ask for in a movie, and that's that's why it's my number one. All right, let's V O T E everybody get out and rock the vote. Right. Remember, rock the vote. Let's do it. Well, uh, yeah. I guess, do I go first? No, 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 no. No, no me, and, uh, me and Ryan oh. do. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot I didn't pick one you of You forget these. the format, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with me and Kyle. Um, and I went first, so I guess I'll go. Uh, I, I, I love Black Swan. I think it's an incredible movie. And each time I've watched it, it's gotten better and better. And unfortunately, while I do really enjoy 1917 it has gotten worse each time i've watched it it's just i don't know there's not enough there for me to really continue watching it and so th- th- i mean that's that's the primary reason but that each time i watch it i pick up something that i it kind of bothers me whereas black swan i i watch it again and again and there's things that i appreciate more about it so that's probably the the greatest disparity there but at any rate, yeah, my vote is going to be for Black Swan. And, uh, yeah, obviously no surprise, I'm going to vote for 1917. Uh, Black Swan is terrific. Uh, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would I would put it up there with Whiplash in terms of obsession movies for me. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's horrifying, truly, a lot of it. Um, it makes your skin crawl. It, it, it it's exhausting i was exhausted after i was done watching it but it was it was good it was like oh god yeah that was that was a nice time um yeah i mean there like i said there's a few small things in it that irk me uh not even irk just don't you know they're not they're not gonna get me to lash on to your movie um but again i mean i i've said it uh so i won't d- dilly on it but uh yeah this is 1917 is the most this is this is all i could ask to get out of movies um it's my number one for that reason so yeah gonna vote for 1917 um my vote is gonna be for uh black swan i enjoyed black swan more than 1917 uh you know what i agree with Ryan that 1917 gets a little bit worse every time I watch it but that's because I'm not properly storing my film reel of it and I think it's degrading faster <laughs> than it should be that's an interesting conundrum yeah I don't want to I don't want to act like I dislike 1917 it's just it, it's just fine for me yeah I, I didn't take like, it's a great movie yeah okay yeah yeah I don't want you to think I dislike it. It's a it's a great movie. I just it it just doesn't. I don't know. 
the, no, the movies I, I, I like get get better each watch, and it's just it's a great movie. I like this one, that. this one didn't know. hurt me as much as Copperfield did because, like, I've talked with a lot of people about 1917, and I'm really surprised you liked it as much as you did, Alex. I remember when we first watched it; I I don't think you were as floored by it. Um, but oh, yeah, I thought Alex I, just slept through all the movies that you yeah. showed him. <laughs> <laughs> now those are the the movies we watched in the apartment. <laughs> we went to theaters. For this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, it, it, no, I guess I, speaking of, Alex, we still need your vote, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just... Well, so what you were just touching on, you're right. The first time I watched 1917, I wasn't as floored by it. But also, like, you, what you had told me about the movie before me going in to watch it was, this is the greatest movie piece of art ever made, and I sobbed when I... Like, the expectations I had of it were through the roof. And so, yes, I, did, I was not at the same level as you when I first watched it. But unlike Brendan and Ryan, I have grown to appreciate this more on rewatches, and I do get more out of it. Um, I mean, both of these movies are terrific movies in my eyes. Really, some of the best in their genres. Um, but it ultimately comes down to, for me, Black Swan is not the kind of movie... I naturally gravitate to. I watch it because it's recommended to me by everyone and how great it is. But I, 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 I wouldn't see myself naturally seeing the trailer for that movie at the time going, oh, I need to watch that movie. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just not the kind of movie that I, I gravitate towards. But 1917, where I'm not the huge, the biggest war movie fan, but I would have gone out and be like, oh, I need to watch that movie. And, and it delivered for me. They're both great movies, but 1917 is a little bit more my cup of tea. Are, are you mm. voting for 1917? Is that what's, uh... so oh, yeah, my, my, my vote goes to 1917. Sorry, I don't, I don't know why I didn't say that. Delicious. Guys, what do we do? Are they tied? It, I don't know. It's a 4.1 and <laughs> a 4.1. No, I, I like... Call Christian. Do we call Christian? It, 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 this is our first letterbox <laughs> tie. All right, call Christian. I say we go with that, but let's also see what IMDb has to say. Okay, I'm curious. Uh, well, uh. well, shoot, give him, call him up, call him up, yeah. Kyle. All right, are you pulling up the IMDb, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, we probably should have come up with a fail safe for this. I know. Well, we knew I, this was coming too because we talked. Yeah, about I, it. I said. I, 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 I'm a little shocked we tied, but all right, I'm calling Christian. All right, I have the results here, but after you watch, you didn't talk to me. Hey, Cha-Cha, so uh, we're recording Kino Clash right now. You're currently a guest. (laughs) Hello, hello everyone. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Alex. Um, And so uh, we just did 1917 Black Swan, and uh, we tied on the vote. It was me and Alex for 1917, Brendan Ryan for Black Swan, uh, 1917 being mine, Black Swan being uh, Ryan's. Uh, and then uh, our tiebreaker of Letterboxd, well, they're both at a 4.1. And I gotta tell you, I never thought this was going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've said that this was going to be the tiebreaker. So, uh, yeah, 1917 or Black Swan. 1970. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I really appreciate this one. That's, a, that's, that's hey, hey, I know who you. I know who you had. I know. I know my boy. Wait. 
All right. Wait, did he say something? Love you. Bye. He said 1917. <laughs> 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 well, IMDb has Black Swan at 8.0 and 1917 at 8.2. Okay. Well, it was it was Christian. Christian got it right then. <laughs> That's Christian the game. Right. Did Christian get it right? <laughs> wow. Um. Are are we good? Are we all good with now, this? Now, Kino Clash is going to explore recency bias. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that that's fine. As long as you feel. Let's good ring with Kyle. the dinner bell. Kyle has won another Kino Clash. I I, I want to make sure Ryan feels good with this. I I I mean, I feel fine with it. I, I yeah. Sorry right with me. I knew it would be close. Um, I, I'm I'm actually. It I think it would have been more demoralizing if Christian said 1917, and then IMD IMDb had Black Swan. I, I'll say, yeah, I agree you know? with that. If then we would have had a real because like our other contingency yeah. that would have been a also, hanging Chad at that point. You know, we'd have a real 2000s yeah. election. Uh, but uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm just gonna <laughs> say to the fans, look up recency bias, and uh, you decide. <laughs> But as far as the actual podcast is concerned, Kyle has won this episode of Kino Clash. I am, I'm very happy for this, fellas. I, uh, Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is fun. This is fun, everybody. Uh, because of my meager five movies that have now made it to the next round, wouldn't you know it? Two of them are going up against each other because now in the next round we have one seed, 1917, up against my eight seed, Citizen Kane. So. Are you beating me now? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, no, I think we're tied again. Because you beat me at Interstellar Talladega Nights. Yeah, that that's it. That's We've done it. 1917 is one. Uh, I am now on a four winning streak. Feeling good. Feeling good about my life again. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, my God. We forgot. Ryan lost again. It's happened. That's my my second loss, yeah. I tell you. And one of them was legitimate. And the other Man, Ryan is so mad about this loss, you <laughs> see. This is this is like the end of nineteen seventeen, except instead of repressing sorrow, he's repressing pure rage. <laughs> Let me I'm tell looking you. at it. I'm honestly it I it is a bit of a bummer because I think going uh Black Swan versus City of God, I probably would have gone Black Swan. I would have had Black Swan going farther in this, so... Bold to think Black Swan would beat Citizen Kane. <laughs> well, I'm just saying ideal circumstances. Well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a Green Mile Gump finale either way. I mean... <laughs> we do know that. The Hanks does not lose. The Hank does not lose. <laughs> <laughs> Kino Clash, executive producer, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Let's well, see what the bones have to tell us. Yeah, I guess roll them bones. <laughs> yeah, all, is everybody good? We all... I'm good. Let's roll them bones. Yeah. Uh, we have three matchups left, everybody. 
three. So in a die roll of one to three, we have Magnolia versus Paddington 2, Steve Jobs versus Speed Racer, and Eye in the Sky versus Dr. Strangelove. All right, in a die roll of one to three, we get three, which means it's got to be Eye in the Sky and Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove is my number 12 pick, and... Eye in the Sky is Alex's number five pick. Wow, that's high. So which one are we watching first? So we start Dr. with Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, or something along those lines. This is one I've been very excited so, for. I mean, I, I all these final three, final four have been on the top of my list. This is I uh, I've never seen Doctor Strange Love, uh, but I'm very excited to and. Uh, I love Eye in the Sky. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I've never Ooh, seen that one. I, I don't know. Actually, I've not seen. I, don't, I actually Sky. have. I don't know anything about it. I. I does it have um, Professor Snape in it? Yes. Okay. Alice, I've seen Alan a trailer. I've I've seen a trailer for it, and it was made by Bleecker Street Studios, I believe. And I went, "Oh, that can't be good." So I have a bad <laughs> impression already. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Name me one good movie that production house made. I couldn't name I guess another movie that production house made. Wait, yeah, I don't even know. What is Bleaker's? They made a really funny one with uh, Tobey Maguire as that chess champion, and he's, like, swearing Pond and sacrifice. saying slurs. Yeah. Hmm. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Come on. <laughs> Ignore that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea. I don't even know what it is. I've never heard of it. So, all right, we'll go into yeah, it. Curious, blind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forget what I just said. <laughs> Ignore the production that is probably studio. Probably garbage. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Okay. Right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to another epic episode of Kino Clash. Um, Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye.